to Spreading the Good Stuff, a podcast for regional women who want to thrive in their work, wellness, family and community. We share stories of triumph, challenge, growth and change in business and in life and offer helpful insights and advice to empower you to live your best life, however that looks for you. Welcome back to Spreading the Good Stuff podcast. This is episode 40. I'm Christy O'Brien. And I'm Katrina Myers. And we are with our lovely Leonie today. She's feeling quite unwell. So um, the two of us thought we would have a little chat with you guys and um, to essentially unpack an event that we both went to this morning. And um, we, I was lucky enough to emcee the event. It was an International Women's Day event. And um, we interviewed lots of amazing women on um, a discussion panel and we also interviewed a friend of yours from Barron. Yes. Um, Lauren Mathers who has an um, organic pork farm. So we're hoping to share her conversation today but just leading into that we wanted to talk about the event itself and for me it was a real honour to, um, to host this event and I think International Women's Day is a really important time to kind of reflect on women as a collective and and to sort of talk about the challenges, but also celebrate the achievements, because I think for every challenge and um, issue with equality and gender that we're perhaps not very happy about, I think there's lots of things we can celebrate too. And I think for me, the overall vibe from today was, yes, there's lots of work to be done, but I feel like there's also so much to celebrate what do you think, Katrina? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I loved watching, like, social media is awesome around International Women's Day. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's just another, you know, I mean, I think, obviously, issues of equality and gender equality and all those sorts of things are issues all the time. But they International are. Women's Day is just that real chance to, yes, celebrate the, For sure. the wonderful things that are happening. And, and definitely, and, um, and just, and, you know, also highlight the challenges that we're still facing. Exactly. And I think it's really important to celebrate. I know for me, um, I talked briefly today about, on International Women's Day on Sunday, um, I watched our Australian women win the World Cup cricket, which yep. for me as a cricket lover was, was like the whole lot of my year. <laughs> yeah. And I felt so proud and inspired and empowered. And then on the other hand, I remember watching, like the next morning I saw on the news that like the women in Mexico spent their day protesting in the streets mm. um, against violence against women. And, and I just felt like, you know, for me, the day is very contrasting because mm-hmm. It depends on where you live in the world. It depends on your perception. And, and look, there are some issues in Australia as well. Like no one's immune to um, equality issues and whether it be like the pay gap or... Domestic abuse. Domestic the, abuse, you know, I mean, exactly. I think, you know, one woman every week and it's the number one killer... I men know. is the number one killer of women still. I mean, you know, you think about those sort of things and you it's go... It's really Gee, frightening. Exactly. And I think on a day like today, it's for me as the MC and even sort of kind of leading the conversation it's hard to kind of not touch on those things without kind of you know talking about the have-nots a lot and Mm -hmm. um so for me I think that certainly when Lauren was talking today about challenges of being a a woman in the agricultural industry and you could probably talk on on this too Katrina but I feel like you know there are some women out out there doing some amazing things and kind of challenging those gender stereotypes and Mm. breaking down walls and smashing through glass ceilings all the cliches but um yeah I think that there's certainly some conversations we would like to have moving forward particularly in the workforce because you know we've wanting to talk more about work this year and I feel like there are challenges not only as as a woman you know in the workplace but as a mother Mm. you know and not everyone you know might be dealing with that challenge but they might be dealing with elderly parents or you know Mm. family members that they need to take care of and and that essentially does come down to the woman. So, yeah, which is actually, I think, you know, I mean, around all of this stuff is really still the role that men play in all of this. And I know, like, yes, definitely International Women's Day is a chance to focus on women. But in terms of that gender equality, I think there still needs to be a lot more focus on men's role in this. Yep. Annabelle Crabb's quarterly essay is well worth a read. Have you read it? No, but her book, The Wife Drought as well. Yeah. We were talking about that today. Like, that's an amazing read about, yes. about the role of men and women, but also not, like kind of bagging out men either and I think oh no it's not it's not that at all it's actually about creating the opportunity for men as much as women like I mean so what's happened is you know women have gone ahead in leaps and bounds and we're doing all this stuff now and we're you know getting into actually have achieved a lot in progressing in terms of the workforce yes taking on a lot higher roles you know not 
always, but, you know, there's huge improvements, but we're also still doing all the work at home. Exactly. But not only that, it's the fact that men actually don't have the flexibility either. Mm. So a woman can go in and ask to have part-time work or, you know, they want to be more flexible or whatever, and it's like, yeah, sure. But if a man asks for the same thing, often the employer will say no. Totally. So it's like, well, there's a huge gap there. And, it's and you know, Annabelle Crabb talks about all, all these um, the young men that are really struggling with, well, what's my place in the world now? Exactly. You know, we've got these very strong females coming through, but the men are lost. You know, exactly. and the suicide rates are going up in teenagers. So totally, it's, it's actually a broader conversation still. But about empowering women and, and men. men. That's and that right. was a question that came up today about you know education as far as gender equality and what mm. can we teach our men, but also what can we teach our women? Like we can't ignore um, empowering men either. And I know one of the um, panelists this morning, Sue Shearer, who we've spoken to um, mm-hmm. about on the podcast before. Like she actually said, you know, I like um, cooking lunch for my husband and making lunch for my boys and you know because I feel like it's not maybe just my role but I actually really enjoy doing it and you can't feel bad about that well no but the key thing is choice yes it should be a choice so if you love doing that do it exactly. but if you don't love doing it and your husband does you know he should do it or whatever or if you both hate it well you need to come to an agreement about exactly. sharing that workload exactly. not it shouldn't necessarily be that it just falls to the woman because that's her role yes and I love what Sue said and I can like I don't mind doing all that stuff either Same. so it's just about that choice and both of you being able to have that discussion and make that decision together because still you find that when you have a baby, you know, more often than not, in fact, I would say, well, I think the, the number of stay-at-home men is still only like 5%. Yes. So really we know that the conversations aren't happening and it's just assumed that the man goes back to work exactly. and the woman stays home. So yep. it's all those sort of, it's not, uh, it's just choice, you know, isn't it? it? Is. And conversations and communication and, and both of you, men and women, being able to have those choices and also yeah one size does not fit all like you know i could easily judge you know Suze or someone for cooking lunch for their husband every day but like as you said if she's happy to do it absolutely who am i to judge you know and i feel like for me the overall consensus this morning at, at the at the morning tea and on the panel was that you know, you can't just look at gender equality um, from other people's point of view. Like it's 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 about perception, mm. you know. And mm-hmm. but also acknowledging that everyone's um, situation is different. You know, Definitely. like and what you might not notice as um, inequality could be inequality for other people. And and there was discussion this morning, and it's not just about gender; it's about sexual orientation. It's about yep. you know the the roles of of women um, as well. So I think that equality is a whole big conversation yes and a lot of the things are still very subtle like something that i often think about is just for example like you know you go to the footy the women are all in the tuck shop the men are outside drinking beer and people don't see the correlation between that very subtle thing and then you know other things that happen for women you know and it's those underlying social norms that we accept as normal that actually when you think about it (laughs) contribute to these things down the track so and sport as well like i know playing cricket as a woman like a you know 45 year old nearly fully 45 year old woman playing cricket you know some people might just go well what's the point and i know for me like i don't do it to win grand finals or be the best i just do it because i know i can and i think with footy as well like there was a lot of criticism from men particularly when aflw started because they're saying well they're not that good and it's like well actually no one said they had to be good like can't you just know how great is this that they're doing it but also they're not as good because they haven't been doing it for as long men have got so much history playing that sport and so much money put into them and so much stuff like it's going to take us a while to catch up to that exactly and that comes down with community expectations and um perception about why we do things and sports a great example and not just for women or men Mm. but you know we should just be able to play sport for the fun fun. (laughs) and not to bloody win or win grand finals. I mean, those things are great. And as I said, like to see those women on the weekend winning was really inspiring. But I think that, you know, and and the men's cricket team, what they went through with the cheating scandal Mm. was pressure to Mm. be the best Mm -hmm. at all costs. And I think that's a really bad thing in sport as far as a community is concerned. And, and I often talk about the amount of women that we've had become involved this year with our cricket, you know, and, and our biggest premise is that, you know, you come just for fun. And mm. yes, if we happen to win or we win a grand final or whatever, but you can just do it for fun. Yep. And I think that doesn't happen enough. No, and again, it's just about choice. It is. It's about having that flexibility to have that choice, I think. And that's, yeah. that's when you get that real freedom then, isn't it? And that's Definitely. really the thing that's lacking in a lot of those, the, the developing countries and countries that are very behind on equality choice. is that choice. Mm. Yeah. Across lots of areas yes. as well, not just sport, but, you know, um, independence and sexual choice. And, There's so many you know, things, yeah. I yep. think too, one thing that was talked about this morning was just um, 
the inspirational part of International Women's Day. And, and one question that I asked all the panelists today was just, you know, who and what inspires you as, as a woman and as far as equality? So we might just chat about that. Yeah. Yeah. Who would you like to talk about? Yeah, it's funny because I don't, I don't, I can't, I was thinking about this when they were talking and I don't really have someone like, there's no one that really kind of sort of necessarily stands out exactly. But one thing I do think about is one thing that, came up for me while I was thinking about that was the men in my life that mm. support yep. and have actually, and especially in a small rural town, like the men, like my husband, who will do drop-offs, who will do the stuff that, you know, the other blokes aren't doing. I think that Happy they're to be setting, seen doing it as well. Yeah. So they're setting a really good example yep. and that's showing great leadership. I think even it's not a, it's not a grandiose thing. It's just no. that everyday stuff that actually sets a really good example for other men in the community yep. and other women and says, Oh, hang on, your husband can help and it's okay. And exactly. you know, like just sort of, blows those stereotypes out of the water a bit so there's that and then there's you know I mean gosh there's so many amazing women doing so many incredible things you know um one that I love is that young I mean Greta Greta oh yes Thunberg she's been amazing lately but in the Netherlands yep but the one who climate change activist yes the climate change activist but there's the girl who got shot at school for standing up for the yes amazing story I've I've spoken to the kids about that and they just I know it's unfathomable what she's been through yeah so she got um, she stood up for the rights for girls to go to school and she's demanded to stay at school and she ended up getting shot by the Taliban by the Taliban and she survived and now she's gone on to be this amazing advocate you know like those sort of people just bravery blow your mind yeah just bravery and you know like we might talk about sort of changing perceptions and please excuse that noise in the background <laughs> one of the neighbors <laughs> is doing some reno here at home um like we talk about you know um a bit of discomfort as, as around perception mm. and you know but like for people to actually risk their lives for this stuff and oh, i think exactly. that's where we can't forget the women who've come before us and what they had to sacrifice for just women's rights totally like, you know the right to vote the right to go back to work like this morning we had a lovely lady on the panel leanne who had to resign her job yeah. every time she had a baby well, what about how still up until the 80s you had to ask your husband's permission to get a passport i know i mean you know like and in many countries that's still come, the but... same as well yeah you know, I feel like, yeah, there's yeah. certainly lots to learn. But, yes. And they're certainly the women that, that inspire us Yeah, as well. absolutely, yeah. But I what would, about you? I would agree with the men in our lives as well about, you know, men just challenging the stereotypes that probably women bang on about a lot. I yep. think, you know, sometimes. Um, I think men who are just doing those subtle things like, mm. I know for me, for example, last night when um, Paul Leone fell ill yesterday um, and we were going to co-host today at, at the event and, um, and she couldn't, so I was like, okay, right, so... Um, freaked out a little bit, but I knew that um, with the prep that we'd done, I'd be fine. But, you know, Troy had been in Bendigo for the night. He got home. The kitchen was a mess because I was trying to prep for tonight. And he just literally did the whole thing. Wasn't even here for dinner. Yeah. Just cleaned up, got everything sorted, went into work and printed off my speech notes mm-hmm. for me. And without any fuss or, you yeah. know, like, and, and, and I felt bad because I barely looked my daughter in the eye when she was trying to ask me something because I'm yeah. like, I'm sorry, I need to focus on this because it was really important. But just sort of doing those things to support exactly what I was wanting to do because he knew it was really important. And yes, like, and that's actually you? crucial. You know, if women are going to get to equality, the men have to totally. step up too. So it's it's so actually so important. And respecting what what's important to each other. And and mm. I don't think that you know like I don't carry on and demand you know too much. I don't think most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll ask Troy that question. <laughs> yeah. But I just feel like that kind of unconditional support because he felt like it was important to me and. Um, and I think really lucky to have not just men but women in our lives as well that see those things as, as important. And, yes, um, and normalising the balance normalizing. of you both doing the, the stuff and yeah. the having the choice. Like that is so important, I think. And to, not making yeah. it too much of a fuss either. I think sometimes, yeah. you know, we want it to be normal that girls play cricket and girls are paddle steamer captains and whatever. So it's the way we, the way we approach that as well. Definitely. Think, definitely. Yep. Um, yeah, was there anything else? I really, um, no, I just, I loved listening to the honesty from the girls. Like, it'd be mm. great to hear, you know, you'll hear Loz's, um, Loz's interview after this, but also the other panellists. Like, that, I just really love their honesty. And yeah. it was just, it's just always nice to hear, diff- like, yeah, the perspectives on it all. And everyone, every, you know, and that's another important thing to be sort of appreciative of is that everybody comes at this with a different perspective too. Exactly, so there's that no was, wrong or right. And no. one of the panellists would say, oh, I wasn't sure whether I was you know, that was the right thing to say considering like I suppose International Women's Day in, in your mind should be this big kind of profound thing and we have all these expectations we need to live up to. But yeah. at the end of the day, 
Like it's different for everybody. Yeah, and that's your and that's how you see it. So that's mm. you know sharing that is how we all learn and build and it like yeah. So I really enjoyed that different different perspectives on it all. Yeah, and that was something I asked Lauren in our preparation for today, and I've asked other women who are um, leaders in their field. Um, I remember talking to Deborah Conway last year um, in the music industry, and she's a strong woman, like yeah. pretty scary actually, yeah. but in an awesome way. And I just asked her, you know, is it hard for a woman? And she said, hang on a minute. She said, it's hard for everybody. Yeah. It's not just hard for women. Yeah. You know, and yes, she knew of women who had, you know, it had been difficult personally, but she goes, for her, it was hard, but it's also hard for a lot of men as well. So yeah. I think we can't forget, we need to bring everyone on the journey with us about mm. equality. We can't, we can't trot on the men to lift ourselves up high because then I think community um, would struggle. Well, yes, and I think actually we have been seeing that a little bit happen, as as I was saying, you know, and I think that's right. We've got to find ways to support the men through through this sort of, you know, rebalancing and and as we continue towards equality as well. It is definitely about everyone. Yeah, Yeah. it is. So before we finish up on this little short brief um chat yes without leave. we always talk too much anyway, i know don't we, we do yes we do and it's been great particularly yeah. to have i'm um, with katrina in person at home today so yeah. it was too good an opportunity to not get together and chat for the podcast that's right um we might just finish with what we're loving oh yes okay i should have given you some warning no no this, i've got a couple of, um, i'm sure I'm you've got a whole list something. of stuff oh my goodness i'm always <laughs> doing something um so i think did i mention the big leap last time I don't know. Oh, the book? The book. Maybe just briefly. Yeah. So The Big Leap I'm loving. And I'm also loving a podcast called Impact Theory. And I will link to the episode that I've been particularly loving lately, but it's been, yeah, really good. Impact Theory is a new podcast that I've discovered. And so what's that about? Oh, so it's just a guy. He, I think he, I haven't listened to his early episodes. I think he um, developed one of those, like, health bar things. Oh. Tom Bailey, I think okay. his name. Yeah. yeah. And um, he just interviews um, like mental health people yep. and different kind of um, experts in the wellbeing field and all that, like psychologists and all that kind of stuff. And it's really, yeah, fascinating. Great. Yeah, the, the one that I just listened to recently, which we will link to, but I can't remember the name of it, was really good. Yeah, great. Yes. What about you? I wanted to mention a couple of things. Um, I'm just loving, I suppose, that the theme for me around International Women's Day, particularly on Sunday, um, just seeing women do amazing things, mm. you know, and I know I bang on about cricket a little bit on the podcast, but to see those cricket, it's passion. It's those cricket girls, you know, up on the stage with Katy Perry, I'm not sure if you saw <laughs> no, that. I didn't it was see so it, amazing so and I just felt, I felt so proud and inspired. Um, it literally just, you know, it brought tears to my eyes just to see and just the talk around that as well not just from women but from men as well I just think it was great to see and very inspiring but I actually what I'm loving at the moment is um is storytelling and I know that sounds like a plug for the splendid word <laughs> which it's not but I think in our in our job um as former journalists and and writers like and today was a good example of just me sitting with women and telling their story I know recently Leonie shared a story on our Splendid Word page about Colburn Abbin, mm-hmm. how the community over there um, band together and bought the general store. Oh, yes. And she yes. shared it on our, um, Love that. on our blog, on our, on our social media pages, and it literally went viral. Like, for us, it went viral. Yeah. Broke the internet. And, you know, we had the age ring the next day wanting to oh, do a story. and awesome. I didn't know that. And that's it's just great. the power of storytelling. Yeah. And, you know, particularly in this day and age with so much happening in the world, which seems like bad news all the time and Mm. yes there is some you know challenging things happening and has been since the start of the year which we touched on in the last episode but people are craving good news and good stories and Lee and I went and spoke about this with our grade six kids actually last week at school about just finding the good because the bad news will always be there and I think as storytellers it's a real gift to be able Mm. to share share the good news and if it just gives something, you know, for people to smile about and it also just gives you faith in, yep. in the world as well, doesn't it? And hope, which is so important. Hope is mm. really important. So, mm. yeah, storytelling and um, that's about it for me. Mm. So we will um, chat to you in a, in a couple of weeks. Yes, we are we've got Lee back. We, we have Lee back for sure. <laughs> and we will continue our, our conversation around, um, I suppose, just work and business and, and we might unpack Lauren's conversation around that. Yep. And... Um, go from there so thanks for joining us everybody yes, don't forget to share on social media when you're listening to us and tag That's us and, and subscribe please so Definitely. yeah and thanks for listening thanks for helping us to spread the good stuff bye for now bye
now we're going to welcome our keynote speaker, Lauren Mathers, up the front for a bit of a chat. And while she comes up to prepare herself, I will just give some background on Lauren's story. Lauren grew up 50 kilometres north of Barham on an irrigated mixed cropping and livestock farm. And she has ever since had her finger in the agricultural pie. Lauren is a mother of three and wife to transport business owner Lachlan Mathers, also from Barron. She is passionate about her local community and helping farmers innovate to reach their customers directly. She established her free range pig business in 2011 after noticing a gap in the local market for rare breed and free range pork. Bandara Berkshires is a committed plastic free business and is focused on reducing its environmental footprint. Among many other roles, Lauren is also a founder and director of Murray Plains Meat Cooperative, established to build a multi-species micro-abattoir at Barham, and a partner in a catering company, Burberry and Mathers. She loves cooking, yoga, hiking and gardening, and we welcome Lauren here today. So we're going to have um, a discussion with Lauren now and to cover some of the themes as well. And I've just given a very, very brief rundown on Lauren. Um, there's probably lots I've missed, but Lauren will no doubt cover those things as we continue on. So I'd just like to start, if we can, Lauren, with maybe some of the challenges and struggles and triumphs as a woman in your workplace. I think the, the biggest... I think the biggest um, thing that I've struggled with over to get to where I am today is just juggling kids. I think every woman, woman in the room that has kids and has a business um, would agree that that is the biggest struggle facing women today at work. Um, is you know being the best mother you can, making sure the washing's done, making sure the dinner's cooked, and that you're making a good example for your kids, giving them the love that they need, but also making sure your business survives. I just really struggle. I struggle more getting kids out the door than what I would do. Yes, I get You know, them, them building something. It's not working. It is a bit. And how do you how do you cope with that struggle? Um, I don't. Like, I'm really crap at it. I just <laughs> I, no. I'm, I'm not going to say that oh, I'm amazing. You know, I run out the door. But I don't. I find it really, really hard. And, um, I haven't had my parents living here for the whole time that I've been married to Lockie. So they came back last year and. I just realised how much that I've done on my own. And that was a good wake-up call to say, you know, you've actually done a pretty good job yeah. of this. Um, and Barham's recently got a daycare centre, so that's helped a lot as well. Um, George is free, so um, I committed, like, when I had George, I was in a great, I was in a great headspace with um, my middle daughter. So when George came along, I was like, right, I'm really going to enjoy this kid. And I'm really enjoying him, but at the same time, <laughs> we've done so much since he was born. And I, I just, I hope that I'm doing the best job I can to make sure that, you know, he's you know, growing up and I'm not neglecting him. I think that's the biggest fear I have is just neglecting the kids. <sighs> yeah. I'm sure that many people would um, sympathise with you in that, in that headspace, but I think what we do as women sometimes is give ourselves too hard a time. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think we all need to give ourselves a pat on the back for even, you know, attempting to do anything while you have kids. And I think that's <laughs> no, I think you do. Like it's, it's hard, and you can't pretend that oh, you know, it's easy because it's bloody hard. It's really, really hard. I struggle a lot. With it. Yeah. We're going to talk about this in the panel later on today, too, later on this morning. But while we're talking about that struggle, do you have any daily routines or rituals that just helps you get through? Yeah, definitely. I mean, listening to Maddie sing, how amazing was she, by the way? Yeah. Like, oh, and it just reminded me of the things that I like to do every day is I, I get really cross and worked up and angry if I don't just have 10 minutes a day to do something that is just for me, whether it's having a cup of tea in the sun in the morning or whether it's doing a little bit of yoga, if it's just breathing. <laughs> like just closing my eyes and breathing. I have breathed a lot on my own. <laughs> it's like I'm a little bit nervous. But, you know, just making sure that I have that, that 10 minutes of my precious time to just, even if it's to run at least so I don't go mad for the rest of the day, it's just so that I can reset and get ready for the day or just to have that little bit of time out. I'm a much better person for it. 
I never used to give myself that time. I would just go, 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 and I felt pieces. So mm -hmm. that is one thing that I have to do every day, yeah. And um, do you do that first thing in the morning? Can I ask, what, are there things that you don't get to to actually dedicate that 10 minutes to yourself? It just depends what the day brings. Like if I get up and we're running late, I don't really get that time to myself. Mm. Um, so it might be driving home from dropping the kids off. I'll sit and just listen to a song, just listen to an amazing song. And, you know, just to appreciate that time I have, just to listen to that song and, and I'll do it any time of day. Like it doesn't really matter. I, I rang off the other day and said, I need 20 minutes mm. tonight. And he was booked in to come to a men's yoga course. <laughs> I don't know how he got roped into it, but he, he didn't go because he said to the, he said to Lloyd, I can't come, Boz needs 20 minutes. <laughs> he goes, are you all right? I said, yeah, I just need 20 minutes. I just need to have 20 minutes to myself. Is that all right? I've been really busy. And would you agree that it's hard to ask people for that 20 minutes? Doesn't matter who it is in yeah, your life. I used to, but I've had people help me along the way just to say, you know, you need to ask for that help. People aren't going to get cross at you. It's only 20 minutes. Who were those people that helped you see that? Oh, lots of people. Um, my girlfriend, Lentil Perbrick, um, she was amazing to help me sort of realise, A, why I'm running this business, why am I doing it, do I want to keep doing it, and what is important to you, and pointing those things out. If it, if it is like just taking that time to do what you want to do, then just ask for it, and just do it, make that a priority, and don't be scared about asking to do it. Yeah. Very good advice. Just from a broader perspective, um, are you able to talk about some of the sort of issues that women might face in, in your industry? How much time do we have? Oh my God, I don't know where to begin. Like the meat industry is very heavily um, run by men. and But at the same time, I do a lot of farmers markets and have done a lot of farmers markets over the years, surrounded by women running meat businesses. So I guess having close circle of women in the meat industry has been a really good um, catalyst to just keep going and, and striving for what I think is important in the meat industry. Um, I remember when we first started killing pigs, I used to do everything, because we only had a couple of pigs, so I used to take the pigs over to the abattoir, the gun bower, drop them off, and then go back to the butchers and cut them up with Tom McGilfrey. And always had a kid, always had Lucy in the back with me. And I think one of her first meets was Straz. <laughs> Good quality Straz. <laughs> no, it was Don. <laughs> but um, I just remember like some, hearing some of the comments from um, the slaughterman and, and things. Oh, he's that bloody woman again. And the bloody woman who wants us to be nice to her pigs. And oh, God's sakes. And they used to write SP. When you get your pigs back from the abattoir, they write. You, 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 you know, your initials on it. I was like, SP, what's that? And um, it was SP2. I never knew what that meant. And then I asked um, Jack McGilvray, and they said, what the hell does this mean? S SP2, and he said, serial pest number two. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And I was like, who's number one? And he said, oh, some guy that drops off one piggy year on the back of his ute tied on, and, you know, he expects it to be, to live it out the middle of nowhere. And I was like, oh. So, you know, that overcoming that um, stereotype that yep. men have about women at abattoirs was my first introduction to how inequal it is and how that there's so much work that needed to be done. So I just haven't really looked. That was a really good little catalyst for me just to go, you know what, stuff you got. I'll show you how I was going to ask you that. Like, did that not put you off for even one second? No backward step? Um, not really. It, it, there, there was a few things that sort of happen now and then that I do get locked to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, like, I can think, you give an example? Yeah, okay. So we had a pig go missing um, it leading into Christmas time. So we've got these beautiful Berkshire pigs all free range and we get this pig back from the abattoir that was like skinny, had a blue tattoo on it, like it wasn't our pig. Um, it was white, a white pig. And I said, oh, look, I can't deal with this. I'm flat out trying to deal with orders. Can you please ring the abattoir and get them to find out what's happened? Because I just feel like it's a, a wall. Right. Wall. Um, so he rang and said, so you've given us, we've given you a chocolate cornetto and you've given us a lemonade icy pole. What are you going to do about that? And I said, yep, 
that's pretty much it. And that you can't, it didn't actually matter. Like, he, he couldn't do anything about it either. But yeah. um, there's definitely things that I've palm off to Lockie that I just think he's, he's a big, strong man. He can <laughs> deal with that. <laughs> and at, how often would you have to call on Lockie to, to help sort out some issues that you feel like you just can't get through the wall? Yeah, not often. I mean, I, I could do it if I wanted to, but I just, I just don't want to sometimes. Um, I, I'm, I'm a bit scared of confrontation sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Locke's got a good working relationship with them. He drops the pigs off now. He drives the truck over, drops them off, and then goes and picks them up. And I think it's important for him, too, to feel like he has a strong role in the business because I run it, and he always says, it's your business. And I said, well, you're actually a director as well. You are part of the business. You can have some say in this as well. So I'm kind of empowering him to come on board um, and, and help out and always encouraging him to feel strong about giving his opinion with the business because it, it counts. Like he runs his own business, so he's got a good input into our business as well, but he needs to feel comfortable to approach me about something. So I'm definitely you know, bringing him in and empowering him. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a really interesting point because I think that you know, when we talk about each for equal, I think it's about empowering each other. You know, Not just empowering our women, but empowering our men as well. So really important conversation. Can we go back a little bit? Because I'm really intrigued to ask you why pigs. Pigs, well, I used to um, own the, well, you opened up the Long Paddock Food Store back in 2008, 2008. Um, and at the time I was working for Murray Irrigation and I just um, had seen what people were producing on their farms and no one was growing pigs. When we opened the Long Paddock, you couldn't get pork and it was that simple, I just thought, well, I think this is the start of me being a mad woman. <laughs> I, can, I can do that. I can grow pigs. It was one thing, it was one animal that we never had on the farm growing up was pigs. I oh, so you didn't have any Never handled a pig before. Oh, God, no. Well, so I'd seen babe and, you know. <laughs> and I went to pick up... I, went, <laughs> I can do this. And I went to pick up um, our first pig from down the road, Doris. And um, I just told her to get up on the trailer. I thought they were that clever that you could just tell them to get up. <laughs> It's so naive. And then the farmer got home and here I am chasing the pig around the orchard. And he goes, what are you doing? Just get a bucket of food. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so, and then, um, so we didn't have any land. And I just, I, I, we couldn't get good pork at the shop. And I just, when I looked into it, it really sparked something inside me to say, why is anyone doing free range pork around here? Why does it taste different from time to time? Um, and why can't I get like ethically grown pork? And I thought, oh, yeah, I could do this, and we could do it. And I, I just had to get lock on board. And I, I had about three pigs at this stage, and they were all in the orchard because we had no land. And lock said, "What are you doing this for?" And I said, "No, like this could be this could be a thing." He goes, "Oh, the bloody pigs!" And then one day I, I caught him, and he was giving like Doris a scratch behind the head. <laughs> Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's such a big softie. I just had to get him in and then he was committed. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And can I just talk about the pig industry? You talked about the meat industry as well and um, gender stereotypes. Can you talk about some that exist that you face regularly and, um, and how you think they could be broken down? Or Yeah, gender stereotypes. I think um, when I started the business... I was going off to butchers and and doing a lot of work at the butchers and, you know, I just saw that opportunity to maybe just do the butchering myself. Okay. And that sort of, when I started cutting up our own meat, there wasn't really many other female butchers that I knew of. And because I hadn't done a course and because I wasn't trained, I have a very good friend in a high-end butcher shop in Melbourne, Troy, and he he was very, you know, hadn't done the training. not a butcher and um, I think you know you, you can you can still call yourself something if you've got the skills to do it and I think um, that was a really good learning curve for me to learn how to do all our own butchery because it gave me a really good insight as to what's what you can get out of a pig and, and what that um, can profit back so I think the stereotypes that women aren't can't do those heavy technical you know, they were, I was lifting 70 kilo pigs up flights of stairs to go to restaurants and things, and it was like, 
people would laugh at me. I had like, um, I was dropping off this massive pig to my Vita and I had I, I, au pair with me and she was this tiny little French girl, Sophie, and we were lugging this pig up the stairs and a bloke walked past and he just laughed. And I was like, you know what, you can freaking help. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I think just having a go and um, just ignoring the stereotype. Like if you're able to do do something, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't hold back. It's the same for men. Like men can cook dinner. Locke can... Well, I can't really, actually. Because <laughs> he rang the other day and said... So I was working at something. He rang me and said, hey, turn the washing machine <laughs> Oh, so, you know, that they can. But um, it's just... If you've got the ability to just do something, there shouldn't be any barriers. Mm. It should be just, you know, if you can do it, do it. Yeah. And obviously the ability. But the confidence as well. So how long did it take you to go from feeling like a fish out of water... <laughs> to someone who had enough experience and confidence to actually laugh in the face of the people laughing yeah. at you. I still feel like a bit of a fish out of water. I still feel like I'm on a... Um, I feel like I'm running into a really fast train. <laughs> and every now and then I can get the opportunity to jump on. And that's how I feel with life every day. I think, oh, And I feel like I just work out something and then you get a new challenge thrown at you and then you go, oh, okay, how am I going to work this out? Okay, I'm going to jump on. And, um, and we've just built a, um, a boning and packing facility in Barron with a deli at the front. And Dad and I honestly built the, the majority of it ourselves. And I've got epoxy paint on my toenails. It's not great nail polish. It's just <laughs> epoxy paint. And um, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent. But I just... So is that... Yeah, so basically, um, breaking down stereotypes, and um, do you feel confident now? Do you feel like you can give lessons to people? Oh, yeah, no, I do, I do, but there's still things that I'm learning all the time, so yeah, I do have way more confidence now, like I couldn't have sat up here, for instance, 10 years ago, I would have cried and just run out of the room, but um, now I I feel like I'm at a stage where I've achieved a certain amount of things by doing it myself, that I could... I could show people how to, how to do things and share with them what not to do, actually, more than what to do. Yeah. Yeah. How do you share that knowledge um, with people? Have you thought about documenting that? Um... Oh, I thought, I thought that maybe one day, once this is all set up in Barron, that I could possibly um, do a little bit of consulting. But uh, any, like at the moment, um, like tomorrow afternoon, I'm speaking at the um, Regionality Farmers Innovation Program, which is something that I'm super passionate about. Um, and that kind of platform where you've got engaged people wanting to learn how to do things or if they're not quite sure how to do things and I've got skills and how to do those things I'm, I love, you know, just showing people you know, if you, could, if you could do this, you could do that and we do get a lot of calls now um, oh, I get a lot of calls now from people who want to do paddock to plate businesses and like, how did you work out that packaging? How did you work out the freight? How do you get this stuff around Sydney? It's like, oh well you know, and I love sharing that because I've done it. I found it really hard to work out all these little things along the way, and anyone in the same kind of industry, even if it's like, it's not doesn't have to be meat. It can be eggs, something perishable. If they want to get it around the country, I know how to get it around. And I'm happy to share that knowledge and happy to share costs on how to do that. So, so yeah. lots of trial and error, I've understand, but lots oh, of lessons. Lots. Yep. What would be um, the number one lesson you would give to your younger self, like when you look back ten years? Yeah, just um, go with my gut feeling I've, I've always had a, a strong gut feeling but you know taking that time to check in with myself about what's important and if I've, I feel strongly about something just follow with it um, and don't be scared don't be scared to have a, have a go and I think that's something that my dad um, taught me as well just from being young I was always dad's boy pretty much because he didn't have a boy so um, he's always just said you know you can do that so that was really, really important for me. Speaking of dads and, and men, which men do you admire in relation to women's rights and equality and perhaps empowering women? Uh, Barack Obama. He's amazing. I just think the way he stood up for, um, stands up for women and their rights and he's using his leadership and power to you know, make, make those statements about women um, and how, how men have such a you know, negative impact on women. I'm thinking, like, in America, there's... Cause I read somewhere yesterday about those. Some women aren't allowed to wear pants 
in America. Like, it's a Western country. That's, you know, it's not the Middle East. And, you know, they're not allowed to wear pants. I'm like, Jesus Christ, mate. You're not allowed to get your hair cut if your husband doesn't approve of it. And, and things like that. And I think that still goes on. And, um, you know, he stands up for those things. And he's an amazing man. And I think that's important, as we discussed at the start, just sort of looking at the... Um, not just looking at the have-nots, but looking at the haves. I know that the women in Mexico spent International Women's Day protesting in the streets against violence against women. So not that there aren't issues here that need facing, but I feel like we're pretty lucky. So it's important to look at the haves and and the have-nots as well. Um, What about other women that you admire and you feel like are being champions for women's rights and equality? Women's rights? Um, God, I just... I look towards women that are just doing things that are outside of the box that women would normally do. Um, and not so much standing up for our rights, but just getting shit done. Um, Olympia Yaga, um, I met her up in Canberra at her maggot farm, which sounds so glamorous. <laughs> um, Can you explain that to us? Okay, so this, this woman, um, she's just like infectious energy and she's up there showing people how to recycle their food waste. So she's taking food waste out of landfill from all the hotels and businesses in Canberra and taking it back to a little man-made, like, handmade shed, which is hilarious. It's a bit like a butcher shop at the moment. At the moment it's just stuck together with glue. And um, she's breeding these black soldier flies to process waste. So she, the larvae break down the waste and in, in return they get this amazing frass, which is a fertiliser, and then... Um, and, and then a, a larvae, and she's saving the larvae for maybe animal or um, human protein source. You know, like she's just going at it, and she, she doesn't care about what anyone else would think about that, about having a mega farm, but she's, you know, out there promoting it and getting funding and getting recognised nationally about um, her system that she's got there, and she's just amazing, I love it. Obviously lots of women in your industry um, to be inspired by. What yeah. about um, people in your in your home, in your backyard, in your community? Yeah, um, just all my girlfriends I think um, are inspiring. Um, like Katrina's here today, she's super inspiring about what you know, her path and what she's done and all the stuff that she's had to face and she's overcome it and she's stronger and um, she's taught me a lot of lessons over the years actually and um, uh, lessons about myself. Um, That's Katrina from Barrow Avocados. Yeah, yep. in Barrow. Yep. Um, and my mum, like my mum, she's a really strong woman and she's really, really strong-minded, very, very opinionated. But, you know, she, she is. And she can't be here today because she's doing mine at the moment. She was devastated <laughs> that she couldn't come. Um, but... She's, she's a hard-ass, but she's really, really inspiring. She's, she just has always worked. She's always driven the farm for mum and dad. She's always driven dad. Dad needs driving. Um, <laughs> and I drive, oh, yeah, no, I drive him as well now. Not like that, no. <laughs> but he needs direction, and mum's always that direction. She's the brakes. She's the ideas. She's the go-to woman. And having her home now is so precious. Like, I just... The things that I've been able to achieve in the last 12 months have been incredible. And Alison Wright, she's here today too, my bank manager. With her bubba. Maternity leave today. But um, she changed my mindset about my business when she walked into our kitchen and said, what do you need? And I said, I want to build an export-rated facility in Barham and I want to do this and this and this. And she said, oh yeah, no worries. And I said, I beg your pardon? Um, previously I'd had a male bank manager from um, the NAB and he just was the big no man and he just said no, yeah, no, no, you want to do it, can't help you, can't help you. And he never took the time to sit down with me and Alison was just like this immediate spark that said you can do this, I can do this for you and we both started crying and I was like, oh. you know, that was just amazing, I haven't looked back since. That's fantastic. Before we open to a few questions, um, trying to keep on track with the with the time today, I just want to ask you about International Women's Day as as a kind of um, broad kind of concept. Mm-hmm. And um, what would you say for you would be your most important message each year on International Women's Day to yourself, yep. to your to the women around you, and also to the broader community? Yep. 
I think um, I had a good think about this the other day, and I think um, International Women's Day to me this year, especially, like my nana died on International Women's Day, and um, so I always remember Nana, and she whispered in my ear on my wedding day, patience and kindness, and that really sticks with me. And I think for our children, um, educating our kids, not just girls but boys also, to have empathy others. I think that's so important. I think the world would be a much better place if we all um, had a little bit more empathy um, and educated our girls to go right through um, and not, and this is not just in Australia, obviously it's in poorer countries where women um, don't have any rights. I was listening to the radio on the way over about a woman um, who was 18 and escaped Saudi Arabia and they tried to take her back um, because she was shamed. And she got um, asylum, and now she lives in Canada, and she's free. And I think that freedom for women to learn and to be educated is so important. I think the world would just be so much better if we allowed every woman in the world to get the same education as men do, so we have the same freedom to do what we want. Yeah, fantastic. And just finally, um, in regards to Each for Equal and gender equality, are there, is there anything that you're specifically you're hoping to see within your industry or even just in the, in the broader community as far as gender equality? Anything that really empowers you to speak up or take action? Um, I think, well, not, I don't have any specific um, things that I think, but I think definitely women need to um, take more charge in industries that are ruled by men, the meat industry especially. Like, there's not many women on that board um, for um, the pork industry. Oh, actually, you know, there is a woman now, which okay. is good. So I think, like Australia, there just needs to be a, a bit more fairness when you look at um, your boards and committees and politicians. It's, it's still really heavily run by men. But I think part of that problem is because women are off having children. Yes. Um, and they're not supported in the way that they have to. And that's just the way... It uh, is unfortunate. Like, we have the children. Yes. You know, men can't have the children. Um, so if you want to have kids, there's got to be more support for us to have those kids at work or um, enable us to work from home and, and not be frowned upon, but still get paid the same. Like, I just think that's just... I don't know how we're going to overcome that, um, but it's something that definitely needs to be... Slowly but surely. Yeah, 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 definitely. Do we have any questions for Lauren? I'm going to walk around with this microphone so we can hear the question and hopefully Lauren can respond. Do we have any? We've got a couple of minutes for any questions. Yes, Katie can. Wait for the microphone. Lauren, did you find in your experience and because of your success that there were men that all of a sudden went, oh, women can do this? And, and did you have any experiences where you or you realised that there was men in the industry who did change their mind about it not being a male-dominated industry? Yeah, definitely. Um, so definitely the taking on our butchering ourselves and just building the butcher shop on the farm was a pretty massive move and people kind of just went, oh, am I going to do that? <laughs> and um, it was sort of like this hobby. Um, I think showing people that you can actually do things just it, men were kind of a little bit impressed. They'd come out and go, oh, yeah, cool, can I come do a day of work with you? And I was like, yeah, you can. So that was, I, I had a, I've had a lot of men actually work with me in the butcher, and now I employ my own butcher, but I'm teaching the girls that work for us to butcher as well, because I think it'd be really empowering for them to learn how to do it. And I said to Karen at Butcher, I said, you're scared about teaching those girls, aren't you? Because you know it can be done. And he's like, yeah, I'm a little bit, a little bit scared. My job's scary. So I think, um, yeah, that was one, one thing that can definitely like, okay, well, yeah, we can do this. And the abattoir as well, like, it's half the people on the committee are female. And, you know, it was our idea. We had a meeting at the farm and, and called upon other farmers to come over. So um, surprisingly, we're, you know, we're still going with it. And that was female-driven. Hmm. Maybe that's why it's still going. Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, Kate, for the question. Any other questions? Yes. Uh, hi, Lauren. Great, hi. great chat. Um, do you think the fact that you live in a, a rural area is more empowering for women because they can take a role and they, they get known, or do you think it would be easier in the city? 
Oh, I think it's definitely easier in the country. It's more <coughs> isolating in the country, but I think women in the country stick together. And um, I think we all really need to stick together and empower each other to do what we think is important. Um, I think it'd be way easier. I think you'd get a little bit lost in the city. I think if these are the same women that are doing things up here went to the city, they might be a little bit overrun. I don't know. I've got, I love living in the country. I love that network of women. Women in the country seem to be a lot tougher and more resilient because they're facing a lot of different challenges. Yeah. Have we got time for one more question? Anyone else? Yep, okay. Thanks, Tracy. Hi, Laura. Um, one thing I've noticed um, with women in business is that um, we tend to make a lot of heart-centred um, choices and ethical choices and that's I, I see probably the key difference around men's decision making which is a lot about profit um, maximising that. Yeah. Um, how do you I guess justify or um, explain to the men that you deal with um, why you're making heart-centred choices about your business? Yeah that's a really good question. My whole business is based on heart-based um, decisions and ethical decisions and I was thinking on the way over it, it's, not, it's never been about making the money, it's just about so we can have a good lifestyle um, and we can have a good brand and share that with other people. Um, I think you just need to be confident and prove yourself that, prove to the people around you that that choice is being made for the right reasons. And Lentil taught me um, that, you know, if you believe in that and you just follow that, then that will bring success with it and bring the money with it. And I've learned that. Like, as soon as we sat down and worked out what values I had in the business and what I wanted to portray, I had a look back and our business has grown since. And I think that's a good example of just following your gut. Thanks, Tracy. And thank you, Lauren, Thanks. for not just sharing your, your story on your business, but just for sharing what's in your heart. And I think that, you know, opening up and sharing emotion and um, things that are close to you is, is tricky to do, even by yourself, let alone in a room full of people. So can we please thank Lauren. You've been listening to Spreading the Good Stuff, the podcast. Remember, you can subscribe over at iTunes. We'd love you to leave us a rating. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the handle Spreading the Good Stuff. You can find all our show notes and previous episodes at our website, thesplendidword.com.au. Thanks for listening.